Welcome to SAS Talk with Kim, your sustainability action series podcast highlighting how local governments are leading the way toward a more sustainable future. I'm your host, Kim Lundgren. I've spent the last 16 years working for and with local governments to help them create resilient, inclusive, thriving communities. I started this podcast series to connect you with the key people on the ground putting sustainability into action in their communities. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to SAS Talk with Kim. I'm your host, Kim Lundgren. Really excited today for another great show. Today, I have a good friend, John Trujillo, who's the Public Works Director for the City of Phoenix, Arizona. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you, Kim. Excited to be here today. I'm really excited to have you, John. Obviously, you know I'm a big fan. Um, we've we've spoke at sessions before uh, and, of course, know each other through APWA. You came to APA with me and we spoke about breaking down silos between planning and public works, which was a very well-received um, session. But I'm really excited because today we're talking about just a very cool, innovative topic, the circular economy. And Phoenix is really becoming a leader in this area. And I love, love talking about innovative projects and programs, especially when, you know, the way you guys have framed it this out, it's, it is something that other cities can replicate. And that's why I think it's going to be of so much interest to our listeners today. Yeah, and I'm excited about that too, Kim, because this has been a, a project we've been working on for four or five years, and it's, it's exciting, and you're right, it can be replicated throughout the nation, and it's being done already in Europe, and I know it can be done here in the U.S., so I'm excited to talk about it, what we're doing here, why it's important, uh, not only for what we're doing now, but for future generations as well. Awesome. Well, I think before we dive into you know, the circular economy and the details of Phoenix's program, probably we need to make sure everybody's at the same level as far as understanding, you know, what is the circular economy and how is this different from our status quo? Well, let me, you know, then that's a good point, Kim, because our, our region here in Phoenix is projected to experience a population growth for the next 30 plus years. And, and so while we may have the means and the capabilities to manage solid waste now, we might not be in that same position in the future. So it's something that we decided that we got to change. And so if we continue to adopt the current uh, linear economy, so to speak, which is basically the take, make, use, dispose program, and basically you're taking resources from them and then you're making products, our consumers are using it, and basically we're just landfilling them. And so we know that's not going to be sustainable and it, it has a lot of shortcomings. And so that model does result in inefficient use of, of our current scarce resources, um, increases harmful emissions, and it generates increasing amounts of waste. And and we, and, you know, and I'll talk later on, but it takes a lot of trucks to transport all this waste to our landfill, which is about 65 miles one way. So, so again, as I mentioned, it's just not something that we can continue into the future with this same model. And what I like about the, the circular economy, you know, basically it just maximizes the value of materials through closed loop systems and therefore it's really restorative by intention and it, and it aims to rely on renewable energy and it also attempts to eradicate waste basically through careful design. And so this model 
can stir the economy and can create jobs. And that's one thing we're really excited about this. And so our, our goal is to eliminate waste, not only because it's it's great for the environment, but it, it saves resources. Um, but and then as I mentioned, it can create jobs and it's possible positive for this local economy. So this transition to this circular economy is going to able, enable us to practice really conscious development in a way that is more intelligently connects economic growth with the use and the reuse of our finite resources. So that's, you know, we're excited about this process because then again, it we got to think about this, the future. And right now in Phoenix, the environment we're in here, land is cheap. We have plenty of landfill space for 100 plus years, but that doesn't mean we can just manage the ways we've always done it because we know we can't continue to do that same process in the future. So that is why basically we've chosen to go down the path of, of implementing a circular city, so to speak, here in the city of Phoenix. It's really interesting, John, because of course you're in public works. Um, this is much more than what you know public works would typically cover. You're talking about economic growth, you're talking about you know job opportunities, you're talking about reuse, even creating new industries. Um, to me, that, that's what's so exciting about this. It's really looking at that bigger picture and, and identifying how each you know, different municipal department has its role to play, but needs to come together, work together to make these bigger things happen for the city. You know, and, and you're right, Kim, and I think that's what really sets us apart here is in the past, you know, we as solid waste and in public works officials, we were just all focused on the operations and just and we were pretty much in a box. And that's all we really focused on. And as I we started going through this process, we found that, you know, there's a great opportunity to collaborate outside our, our normal lane. And, and, and it created a lot of interest. And I think Again, we, we got to start thinking differently and start, you know, as you talked about earlier, providing a collaboration beyond our normal process and working with others uh, to be successful. Because in the end, we know we can't do that ourselves. And to be successful, we got to uh, create these partnerships either internally or externally. And uh, we're finding that to be very successful and why it's been um, uh, so widely uh, uh approved by our, our elected officials and our and our residents here in the city of Phoenix is because we're not just talking about trash. We're talking about jobs, innovation, entrepreneurship, economic development, you know, all that beyond just, you know, solid waste collection. And so it's it's really exciting time right now. I'm sure. And I, I'm sure it helps that, you know, you guys didn't just come up with some idea and say, hey, we need to do this. You actually created a, a roadmap, uh, your reimagined Phoenix. Why don't you tell us a little bit more kind of about the genesis of that? Because I feel like that's kind of what led you to this, this solution, right? And, and, and that is correct, Kim. We didn't start off saying we wanted to be a circular city. That came probably three or four years after we started this process. And so, you know, we're the sixth largest city in the U.S. And so, you know, we wanted to demonstrate our commitment and leadership when it comes to sustainability and waste management. And so our, our population is projected to increase, uh, uh, but really doubling by the year 2050. And so currently our trucks are driving 7 million miles each year to collect and take trash to the landfill. 
and and the city felt it just wasn't sustainable way to manage you know our resources and so a few years ago uh, Phoenix had a 60% waste diversion rate which was really dismal for a modern metropolitan city and so we needed a change and, and, and at that time, we are viewed really as the least sustainable city in the nation at that time, if you read the book Birds on Fire. And so in 2013, with guidance of our mayor and city council, we launched this initiative called Reimagine Phoenix, Transforming Trash into Resources. And the goal is basically to increase waste diversion from 16 to 40 percent by 2020 and then zero waste by 2050. And so, as, as I mentioned, we branded that program because, again, trash is not really trash until you bury it. It's really a resource, and we wanted to find a way to extract the value of that material and do something different with this. So our, our team developed some different actions on how we can improve diversion and then also came up with some action plan that can provide opportunities for, as we mentioned, innovation, entrepreneurship, economic development uh, as well. And so it, it, it took us about three or four years to get where we are. But it, it, again, it wasn't just us doing it. It, it. it was collaboration between the public, the private, as well as breaking down silos internally within the city of Phoenix to, to come up with a this key initiative to move us forward. And so I, I love that you talked about breaking down those silos, right? Because that was a big focus of our session um, last year at APA. But the, you know, ultimately, does one department take the lead on this and the others are just really, you know, cooperating and supporting? Or is it really a jointly led effort? Um, the way we have it here, and it's interesting, um, the way we set it up is because we know what we're good at here in public works, and we know what we're not good at. And so we identified that issue about two years ago. And so we approached our economic development department and said, hey, we have this program, we have this initiative, we need help with business development and, and business recruitment. And so what we decided to do is we funded an economic development position in a different department and and we it's, this is truly a team effort and they've bought in because they've seen the value that this is bringing to the city and and so they're they're we're walking you know step and step down this path uh, to to improve our diversion rate but also to improve economic development and so it, it you're right it, it's a true team effort and it started off, as you mentioned, as we we taken the lead, but now there, it's kind of we're all both walking down the same path now, trying to find ways to to get this program and, and continuous moving it forward. That's amazing. I hadn't realized that you funded a, a position in another department. I think that's so important when trying to establish relationships you know, in any way, certainly, you know, public-private, but really even just within our own municipal government, you know, we all have our own priorities, we all have limited resources and budgets, um, but the fact that, you know, you kind of put your money where your mouth is, um, I'm imagining went a long way to demonstrate how committed you guys were to this and, and really gets people excited to see, hey, these guys are serious. And, and you're right, and uh, they did see that we are serious, and so our, our director you know she's been helping us 
take the lead. She's got a lot of experience with, you know, business recruitment and business development. And she's got a, a big Rolodex. And so she's been very helpful in, 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 in helping us making this program successful. And I'll talk later on about some successes that we're having with this program and, and really what the future holds for this as well. And that's what I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. Well, so and let's talk about it. So you've got your Reimagined Phoenix. You have set a pretty ambitious goal here. You're looking to increase waste diversion uh, from 16% to 40% by 2020. Um, 2020 is like right around the corner now. <laughs> yes. And then, yes. of course, you guys are going to zero waste like many cities by 2050. Um, you know, let's talk a little bit more about kind of that. How are you proposing to do that? This is a great big concept, but then what are the what's the nuts and bolts there of how you get to your end goal of uh, 40% by 2020? And, and that's going to be key, and, and you're right, and we're really thinking about the future here, and, and we know this is going to be a, a, you know, a process that's going to take time, but what we did, and staff put together this, this plan, and it's focused in three areas, basically. The first area that, that we're focusing on is, is looking at our existing programs and how can we enhance and what can we add to the existing programs to help us meet our goal. And so two years ago, we launched two programs for our residents, which we started a pilot green organics curbside collection program where residents have a third container they can that they can put their their yard waste into. And then we also started a, a modified pay-as-you-throw program. Um, and basically, the modified pay-as-you-throw, that connotation doesn't sound right. You pay as you throw. So we changed it to save as you reduce and recycle. And that's what we named our program because we want it to sound more positive. I so, love that. I saw that on your video, which we'll, we'll have a link for that um, for folks on the site, on the SoundCloud site, because your video is so great. But as soon as I saw that save as you reduce and recycle program, it's like as soon as you hear it, it's a no brainer. Why are we just now thinking of this? This was great. Yeah, you're right. And then so what people have seen now is they're, they pay an extra $5 for each green organics container that they use, and they, they can pay less if they reduce their garbage container, basically. And so, um, you know, with those programs alone, you know, that that's working out, and it's it's pretty successful right now. And, and we're also looking, you know, to find ways to improve programs continuously. So staff is always brainstorming, coming up with some ideas, and I think within the next year, they're going to, you know, be implementing three or four more programs to improve not only the diversion rate but we feel can improve customer service as well beyond that and so so that is the one area that we looked at the other area that we're really focusing on that we're really working hard on is is basically education and um, community outreach and we know that you know studies have shown that successful programs include a strong community outreach education and a compliance component and so we're prepared to move forward with a more intensive engagement campaign with city council uh, support. So we have a dedicated team of specialists and, and partners that we work with, because again, we can't do it by ourselves, uh, that provide those school and residential presentations. And they also attend community events. You know, there's a number of things they do as well. We also have social media, which again, plays an important role in bringing awareness uh, 
about our program to the community. In addition to this, we've also are partnering with Recycle Bank. And so if people don't know Recyclable, basically it's a company that has incentive programs that really encourage residents to learn more about the importance of waste diversion. And we did a survey and basically residents want to be incentivized mm-hmm. to, to do the right thing. And um, the way we do it here in Phoenix and is we don't have ordinances that require things to be done. Everything here is all voluntary. And so we decided to put this incentive program in place that could help them learn about our programs, learn about the goals and, and, and to recycle right. And so this is something that, that we're really starting down that path we just started. And we're hoping to really roll it out pretty heavy here in the next couple of months. So again, it's, it's, it's about bringing awareness, educating them about what we're doing, why we're doing it, and just what can and cannot be recycled. And there's going to be some, a new app that they're producing for us that's going to be part of this program. Oh, great. So the other thing that I that I mentioned, so you know, um, you know, we can't, as I mentioned, we can't do this by ourselves. And so public-private partnerships are important to us. And so understanding this, um, we reached out to Arizona State University and, and we asked them if they could help us create value, economic development opportunities from solid waste streams. Mm-hmm. And so... As part of that, they're going to provide support with research, development, innovation, and entrepreneurship. And and based on that ask, uh, in 2014, we entered into an IGA that activated what we call the Resource Innovation and Solutions Network. And it's short, RISEN for short. And it's committing to collaborate on circular economy solutions. And so what they do basically is they bring together university, governments, businesses, non-government partners that basically transform the relationship between the resources, the environment, and the economy and society to create a more resource-focused circular economy platforms that makes urban areas healthier, resilient, and basically more efficient and just. And so that's what really excited about this partnership is, is that's another path we're going down and, and then I'll talk about, you know, the future and how this can be, this program remains sustainable. And this is one program that that's going to help us keep this program moving forward. Now, this program that I talk about, Risen, it started off here as a, a basically a city program, but now it's become a region program for the city of Phoenix here in this region, this metropolitan region. And it's also become an international program. So we have uh, Lagos, Nigeria, and Guatemala that have risen hubs in wow. each of their areas, kind of doing the same thing here, uh, just kind of finding more opportunities around solid waste because they have issues related to, you know, healthy urban areas, being more resilient and even just. And so they're, it's more of a sharing platform that we can work together to help each other out. That's fantastic. So... Who pays for that? I mean, there's obviously, I mean, it's great to have the university as a partner, right? Because that's, they have a lot of, um, you know, support resources from grad students and whatnot. But is there's got to be, I'm assuming, at least a small fee to maintain your platform, your online platform there. Uh, yes, there is. And so we have a, um, the IGA provides 
we provide economic support to the program. And because ASU saw the value in this, they're providing support from their end as well, monetarily. And so we're working together as a true collaboration of, of creating this circular economy solution. And so they're seeing the value of this and they're seeing this a priority uh, moving forward because they're seeing what other corporations are doing and, and they understand their scarcity of resources that's gonna happen in the future. And really this circular economy is is gonna be something that I think everyone's gonna have to go down this path to figure out ways that they're gonna be able to stay in business. And so um, this is something that they're excited about, we're excited about. Other cities, we, we, we have projects, we work on projects together and, and we all uh, work together on providing the funding source for all these different projects through this initiative. Wow. I think, you know, that's so important um, when you're thinking about just everyone kind of coming to the table and putting a real commitment up front, whether it's it's cash or in-kind time, things like that. That's where you see successful partnerships. It can't be a one-sided thing where one organization's putting up all the resources and the sources and the others are just kind of coming in and contributing as they feel like it. And, and, you're, and you're right, and, and I, that's why ASU decided it was important that they contribute to it as well, as, as well as other cities. And you're right, when we talk about in-kind service, there's a lot of expertise that we have available in the universities, as well as expertise in, in the, the workforce that we have in the different cities. So we're tapping into that now and coming up with some great ideas, some great programs. And, and again, it's, it's all about collaboration, working together as, as a, a group and as a team to make sure that we're all successful. Because again, the city of Phoenix can't be successful unless the region's successful. So again, we all have to work together to, to do this and work on it. Yeah, and you, and you just mentioned kind of that economic piece again. I mean, we have talked about this clearly, this circular economy approach to things really is an opportunity to create jobs and be an economic driver. So, you know, you're a couple years in here, just, you know, still kind of, ramp, you know, ramping up really, but have you started to see some evidence? Are you able to track kind of economic growth or job increases uh, at this point, or is it still too early? No, it, it's not too early at all. And so I, there's several projects that I can talk about. So about two years ago, we, we did uh, a lot of cities. What they do is they do requests for innovation, requests for information, with RFIs. Mm -hmm. We decided to do something different. We did a CFI, call for innovators. And so to come up with, we, we have this, what we call this hard, hard to recycle waste stream. And we wanted to see, you know, what's out there and available. And based on that call for innovators, we received several proposals. One is um, mattress recycling. And that's really nothing new, but mattress recycling. So we have a contract with Goodwill that they take all our mattresses and they've created up to six to 10 jobs recycling mattresses. And so they take them, they disassemble them, and they reuse all parts of that mattress. And so they use this as a job training opportunity uh, f as part of their program as well. Um, the, the other one that I'm really excited about is palm fronds. And so we have, through our solid waste system, we have approximately 34,000 tons of palm fronds that basically we transport to the landfill. And we, we tried to compost them at 
certain point, but they're just very fibrous and just hard mm-hmm. to, to work with. And so we have found a company that is going to come and, and locate near our transfer station on the same property. And basically, they're going to take all our palm fronds and they're going to turn it into high-value animal feed. And so what they do, they'll create 10 to 12 jobs. They're going to spend 3 to $4 million in capital in manufacturing equipment and facility. And they could generate up to $10 million in revenue wow. for material that we were taking to the landfill. That's amazing. So that's a good example of, you know, this circular economy, economic development, creating jobs as part of this process. Mm-hmm. And I love this whole call for innovators. I mean, again, just it's like every piece of this program, you guys really just kind of rewrote things. You say, you know what, we don't have to necessarily do things the old way. We can think outside the box and really push the envelope. And it seems like you've just done that so many steps along the way, like which you know, makes it seem like, of course, this is going to be successful. You, you opened opened your mind to new opportunities and, and new ways of approaching things. It's just so cool. Well, you know, and, and that's a good point, Kim. And, and as you can see, this world is changing. Things are moving faster. And, uh, you know, even government's got to change. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to stay in business and continue to provide this service, and so we, we saw this a while back that, you know, we're going to change what we do, how we approach things, how we think of things. And so in the end, we're not, we don't just solid waste, trash and garbage and recycling pickup. That's not our program anymore. We're we're an economic development driver is what we are. And so, you know, that's our focus. And that's exciting. We're, we're excited about creating jobs. We have other call for innovators out on the street. And at the end of this month, we're going to council to get approval for three contracts for an urban wood program, a carpeting and foam uh, program, and a latex paint program. And so those are three others that that we're going to be putting out on the street here soon. Well, it's already out, but we're going to be contracting out with three different companies for that program as well. That's great because I've been hearing so much recently about how you know, the, the business side of recycling has started to go down. Like we don't get as much money as we used to for the cardboard and, you know, for glass, like everything has started to go down. So it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, that, that you guys are trying to find just more innovative ways of, of addressing some of these, I mean, actually some more uh, unique uh, solid waste components. But I mean, how do you think you have opportunities to address some of those challenges that have come up about existing materials and just the fact that they, you know, folks aren't getting as much money for them anymore? And you bring up a really good point. And again, this is about change and about thinking differently, Kim. We know that some of these uh, material management resources that we spend, that we take to our recycling facility, majority of that goes to China because they they pay very well. However, again, we're thinking about this differently. If we can bring in a manufacturing business on our land and have our material go a thousand feet instead of thousands of miles, you know, and we might get less revenue from that material. However, did the city, how many jobs did the city gain? Mm -hmm. What was the economic development benefit 
of that program. And so we are, with our partners with ASU, they're going to be putting together a report on the benefits of, of our uh, creating an economic development around circular economy versus the normal process that we do now. And so we hope by next year have a report to show that, you know what, there is an economic development benefit of taking less revenue in our solid waste program. But in the end, the city benefits more uh, through this other process. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're, we're looking at now. And so, and you're right, we, we have taken a, we're getting less revenue for our recycling material. But again, we got to think down out, out in the future, you know, what can we do differently with it, knowing that, you know, we can do something different and create our own program here within our own city. Yeah, you know, and I'm wondering, John, you know, I'm thinking about our listeners and not everybody, uh, you know, owns their own landfill uh, or utilities or, or things like that. But, you know, what are some of the opportunities for, you know, maybe a smaller community to start thinking about things in a different way, maybe applying this concept of a circular city um, you know, what, what would be some suggestions you have for those folks? Because, you know, not everyone is as big as Phoenix, of course. And you're right. And, and I, I've been thinking about this, too. How can we replicate this throughout it? And I think a lot of it, Kim, that's really worked for us is understanding our program, understanding the resources we have available, understanding the material that we have available. That's the first thing. The next is understanding your community and your region. There's so much, I think, entrepreneurships, a lot of innovation that's going on in your own communities that we're not aware of. And so what we've done is we're tapping into that and, and looking at maker spaces, accelerators, incubators. I mean, we're, we're really going into that and figuring out, you know, what what's available for us and what can we do differently and then, and then that's where that collaboration and comes into play and really seeing, you know, what you have available to you and how can we all work together to make your city, your town, a better place to live, work and play. And that's really, you know, and, you know, anybody can do that. Mm -hmm. it, and it, 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 some of that really does, doesn't take money. It just takes a lot of effort and time to better understand which, what's available to you. Yeah, and you know, I mean, it's so great to hear that it, you'd, if this were five years ago, I, I would think I was talking to like San Francisco, right? Like, yes, the, the way you're talking and the things that you're thinking about. But I mean, Phoenix has really, I think, done such a great job of setting the bar and, um, and really a foundation for the Southwest and other parts of the country that are experiencing this exponential growth. You know, I think you know I started KLA uh, working on a large sustainability project with City of San Antonio, Texas, and they're, you know, right behind you guys. They're the seventh largest city in the country, and and the fact that they were expecting another million people by 2040, that's just, that overwhelms any system that you might have. Um, you know, you guys are in that, that same boat, and you're coming up with these great ideas, but what does that look like? I mean, are there ways for you to ensure that, you know, even implementing a circular economy is going to be enough um, to address this? How do you anticipate such exponential growth, really? And that's something we are looking at because, again, you know, we drive in 7 million miles and with our region doubling in population, 
you know, are we going to have to double our, our miles to collect all this material? And so, you, just, you know, imagine what it does on air quality, all these trucks driving around. So what we're doing now is all our, our garbage trucks are, are converting to natural gas. Our landfill gas, we're going to be, we have a project coming out to convert our landfill gas into compressed natural gas so it can fuel our garbage trucks. So that's a good example of what we're doing. We're, we're looking at any way we can to minimize the amount of ma uh, material that we're really collecting. That's what this is all about. And so education, communication is going to be key. But I think what, again, what what we're doing as well as, as we, we're putting a program together uh, what we call a circular economy incubator. And basically, it's it's a an incubator that's uh, that's going to be focusing on ventures, uh, targeting that wide range of opportunities of the circular economy. And so, you know, we know technology is going to change, uh, you know, and so we got to be out in front. And so we're we're putting this incubator, uh, public private partnership, focusing on that, and put together these different challenges and find out what entrepreneurs are out there that want to play in that space. And they can they have material that, you know, we're going to have it right next door to us, and they can take the material that we have and they can play with it and see what they can do and what can they make from it mm -hmm. and what systems and new, new processes they can come up with. So that's how we, we know we can be successful because we're thinking about not just what we can do now, but what does a future hold? And so, again, technology changes quickly. Uh, processes change quickly. And so we're trying to be out there at the forefront ahead of that and trying to see um, what we can do as well. And so, and, and you're right, that's something we got to figure out. And it, it's something that we hope that I, I really truly believe, when you think about this, when by 2050 they're, they're projecting 9 billion population and a three billion additional uh, up middle class mm -hmm. citizens, and, and when you think about the resources needed to produce material and products for that, you know it's not sustainable, and, mm -hmm. and we all know that. And so we we see that in the future, and that's long term. But again, we're thinking long term now, and that's something we feel that we can be out in front, and that's why we're doing what we're doing now to make sure that we understand. And, and again, we're a desert city here, and, and does this play a role in, as with energy and, and water, you know, which is important as well. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that really solid waste is at the intersection, intersection of all that. It can play a role in reducing energy because we can create renewable energy from solid waste if yeah. we wanted to, like a fuel, natural gas. Uh, we can create compost material that could reduce water usage, which is a good example, or even we can use the organic material to clean water, you know, and purify it as well, you know, through other things. So, you know, that's why what makes this program exciting, because we're, we're based, as I mentioned, at the intersection of all the different issues related to sustainability, and we can improve the social, economic of the area and, and make, you know, again, air quality, improve air quality, all this other stuff as part of our program. So there's there's a lot to it. And we're, do we have all the answers? No, we're, we're learning as we go. 
And it's and I can tell you the one thing I talk to my staff is I we, we give them some direction and, and they just run with it. And so as as a governmental organization, you're gonna have to take some risk. And as long as you take those calculated risks, you're gonna be successful. Are you gonna be successful hundred percent of the time? No. But you know, there's ways you can mitigate you know your failures. And but again, for us right now, our, our successes have far outweighed our failures, and and we're still learning as we go. We don't have all the answers now, but I know we'll continue to find those answers when we need to. That's great, John. I mean, what a way to you know just think about everything that you're doing. I think you've summed it up fantastically. You're such an inspiration. I think for absolutely for public works folks but 100 percent as well just for local governments in general just recognizing that it is possible and it's really necessary now to start thinking outside the box as we look to our day-to-day and you know it's so easy to get caught up in just the minutia of each day's activities um, especially in public works you know you have one storm and then you know you're set back for two weeks on those bigger projects but you guys have just kind of kept your eye on the prize so I really congratulate you and and the city of Phoenix and uh, everything you guys have been doing because I think this is a great model and I'll look forward to hearing uh, other cities kind of following your lead and and learning more about you know how you guys are really raising the bar for everybody else. Uh, Thank you Kim yes we're excited again you know as we mentioned you know we don't want to be known as you know collecting garbage and recycling and bearing you know we want to be known as an economic development driver and and again we know this that you know these these type of circular economy projects will create more jobs than your normal linear process and so i think it's going to benefit the city and and it's going to benefit our residents now and into the future So, John, one last question for you. Um, I've started asking my guests this of because, you know, the work we do here, it's it's much more than work, right? It's it's more than our profession. It's often uh, a deep seated passion. Um, So I think that the listeners would be curious just to know kind of what 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 drives you kind of what about sustainability kind of drives you? What's your pat? What are you so passionate about that kind of gets you up every morning? You know, I, I've been in, in government for 26 plus years now and in, in a, a public servant. And I think it's it's about making life better. And so that that's what my passion is about. And, and I think I, it's really about the future generations. I want them to have the life that I have now. Um, you know, it's a, it's, Phoenix is a great place to live, you know, and work and play. And I want the future generation, you know, 2050 to have that same opportunity. I don't, and the issue, the reason I I say that, we have five closed landfills here in the city of Phoenix. And so when when people say they throw their garbage away, it doesn't just go away. I'm still managing garbage my great-grandparents threw away, you know, hundreds of years ago. We're still managing that system to make sure it doesn't create an environmental impact. And so I'm trying to put a program and a system in place so my grandkids or great-grandkids don't say, well, you know, my great-grandfather, he should not have done that. And I think that's what really drives me to, to do what I do here is just to make this place 
and not just my family, but everybody here, not only regionally, but we hope that people take this program and implement it in their area to make their place a better place to live, play, and work as well. That's great, John. I really thank you so much. And I think our key takeaways today uh, from this great discussion with John Trujillo from the City of Phoenix really are for, hey, guys, think about your role in your local government, whatever it is, if it's public works or even in another role, think about it as a sustainable economic driver. How can you be helping think outside the box and applying new concepts? Recognize that you can't do it all yourself and go out and find those key partners to help you develop that plan or that roadmap to get you there. Um, Those are some of the keys to success that we heard from Phoenix today. So a big thank you to John Trujillo and uh, have a great day. Thanks so much, John. Thank you. Thank you for joining this episode of SAS Talk with Kim. You can listen to other podcasts in our sustainability action series at sastalkwithkim.com. Remember that action is the key to your community's sustainable future. What will you act on today?